But reflecting on that now, that took a really long time to get to a point where I was waking up without an alarm clock. It was happening naturally. I've got ample time in the morning. And this question just keeps coming to me. For someone who's in the early stages of a business, is there a way of having it all? I'd say there are many people who are happily building structures, feeling very free. And there might be others where that doesn't fall into their definition of freedom. If you need money to feel free, how free are you really? Like there's so much that you could you could pull apart definitions of freedom. Discipline equals freedom. And in a way, routine creates freedom. And I've certainly felt that in my life. When I have the routine of not doing meetings before 11 a.m., but then being very present and active and available to my team at that time, I never get emergency messages at eight o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning saying, oh my God, we got a problem that needs to be solved because my team know I'm not available. Therefore, I have the freedom to sleep in if I feel like it. Hey there, listener. Welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurs Rising. Uh, this is the podcast with myself, Carl Taylor, and my amazing co-host, Peter Moriarty. Hey, Pete. Say hey. Yo, yo. In this episode, we are talking a bit about the idea of entrepreneurial freedom. What does that freedom look like? Can you truly have it all as we all think we want? Like, Can you build an incredible business without the hustle and the other parts of your areas of your life seeming to fall away? Uh, and then we kind of divert and get a bit into different archetypes. If you're familiar with these archetypes of masculine and feminine, and we talk about that and how it relates to business and how Pete in particular utilizes these to plan out his weeks. So, if you are interested in how do you maybe optimize your weeks and you're interested in going, how do I continue to have freedom in my business and do I need to make sacrifices to do it? Keep tuned, stay listening. You're going to love this episode because this is the podcast where we just talk about stuff from our experience building million-dollar companies from scratch over the last 20 years and sharing our advice and the things that we've been learning in both spirituality, business, and it all. So remember, you can find this episode's show notes at rising.show. That's our website. And let's get into the episode. Do you want to share a meditation practice or a, a little chill-out, little quick tip? That would be interesting. How's your meditation going? How's your spiritual practice going? Not as great as it could be. <laughs> I'm focusing more on my shoulder at the moment, getting trying to get my shoulder exercises in the physios. No one knows what the hell's wrong with it. They keep flip-flopping between it's a frozen shoulder to no, it's not a frozen shoulder. So um, I just want it fixed. And so I'm focused on like, all right, I'm going to get these. But my meditation practice has not been as consistent. But I, I will say I've found new definitions of meditation. An earlier version of me would have thought, sitting, doing breath work for my five minutes, three minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes is me the only meditation. Whereas now I can go and have a shower and just while I'm in the shower, be mindful, present, mm. focus is a form of meditation. Uh, I'm having a thought that I want to do the work on through, you know, Byron Katie, the work which we've talked about on previous episodes. And so I'll just doing that 
can be a meditation. I think being a me- meditating can just be about sitting in a different space of energy without the mind being so busy or trying to calm the mind. I cannot agree more. And we did an episode on our morning rituals a while ago. And someone in the last week asked if I, uh, you know, if I meditate each day and, uh, and I don't often sit down and say, om. Uh, I will quite often lie down and, and do uh, breath work. Though I have noticed for myself in the morning when I wake up, I do some breath work, I move energy around my body. And the first thing that I do is journal. And that's for about half an hour to 45 minutes, that process of awakening, not connecting with social, not texting anyone, not jumping on Instagram, but going through that process. That is absolutely a mindful and meditative practice, including looking after my body, brushing my teeth, having a shower. Those things are really my way of connecting in with myself in a really healthy way. And when you're doing that, like when you're brushing your teeth, is, is you're like actually really mindful of being present about what you're doing. Mm. Your mind's not thinking about, oh, this is what I got to do today. And here's, because that's the key. I think that's, that's the difference between mindless doing and you're not mm. actually there. That's, I think that's the key of meditation is it's just about, even if it's only for 30 seconds, is mm. just getting yourself back to a, a state of observation presence. Like I think I've shared on a previous episode, I definitely have in my book, Becoming Bulletproof, like one of the simplest things is looking at your hand, mm. letting your hand just slowly move and just observe all the, the shifts in the skin and observe the hand moving like that. I just did it then. And I'm instantly, there's an instant presence that comes from that. I'm going to use that trick. I like that one. <laughs> you can do it anywhere. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And here's a challenge, Carl. Last couple of weeks, last week, I've been a little busy. And I've noticed myself being a little out of presence, particularly in my morning routine and morning ritual. Now, I'm preparing for an adventure. I'm going away next week for about a month. And... We're at a point in the business at the moment where I'm really enjoying giving my attention to my team and I'm involved in a number of strategic projects, which I'm liking. Yet, there are responsibilities that I will not be able to tend to while I'm literally out of service and planning to be offline for nearly a whole month. And so there's things to organize. And there's also very practical things to organize like my truck and other bits and pieces to get ready to to go. And I've noticed myself sleeping less than I normally would. And I also noticed myself one day this week, as I was brushing my teeth, running through the things that were on my mind that I needed to do that day. And I caught myself and I was like, wow, I can see, like, that's how I used to, that's how I used to operate. But reflecting on that now, that took a really long time to get to a point where I was waking up without an alarm clock. It was happening naturally. I've got ample time in the morning and I kind of feel like, you know, if there's like kids and family and whatnot, like that might be impossible for someone to do. And we've had the discussion around, you know, children before and and the inherent privilege that you and I have, you know, not having children, the privilege that we have around time. I guess I'm more interested in, and this question just keeps coming to me, for someone who's in the early stages of a business, is there a way of having it all? And I, I often rely on this analogy of there's five fingers on my hand. And if on each one of those fingers, you know, one finger is like 
looking after your body and your health and nutrition. And another finger is, you know, making lots of money and building a successful business. And another finger is keeping up your social engagements with friends. And another finger is your family connections. And maybe the fifth finger is travel. Pick three. Yeah. Is that what has to happen for someone to build a successful business? Is the grind like, because who are these, who are these people who start a business and they do a million dollars in the first year and, uh, you know, because they must be they must be grinding. That can't be something that that magically happens without something else dropping off the radar. But I'm I'm just I'm so curious to hear your opinion on that because I'm in the luxurious position of I've built this business that has recurring revenue and now I can sleep in without an alarm and now I can do my journal for 45 minutes and that's that's awesome. But I'm thinking about my customers and I'm thinking about my friends. Hmm. that own and run businesses who will say to me, Pete, oh, wow, I wish I wish I had your life, right? And my immediate totally. response to that is, well, this is available to everyone. <laughs> you know, like this, this life is, and I designed it and I, and I built it. My curiosity is, could it be built somehow? Could it be built somehow with some balance, some semblance of balance, or is there inherently a dysfunction around time and energy? Well, I love this question and I know that, you know, we've had this, this come up in, I think, other episodes and also like in general conversation. I'm not going to come in and tell anyone what can and can't be done. I'm not God. I'm not, you know, I'm not the, the all-seeing universe. I'm not the one that creates the rules. So, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm very cautious about creating a, a seed or a story that someone feels like this is, this is, this is fact. It's the only way. It's the only way. Because I question my story, I've got that story, but I but I question that story. Well, well, this is but this is what I would say is in my experience, I haven't had it all. Even in those moments, mm-hmm. even in the eight months that I took off from the business and was able to step away from the business, and I was the most present in those eight months. I was the most present I'd ever been. We started this podcast in the in the towards the end of that eight month. Uh, period. I was. I'm sure. I haven't listened to it, but I'm sure if you're a listener and you went back and listened to me on one of the early episodes to me now, I know there is more stress in my body. I know that I don't have the same level of presence in my experience that I did back then. And so, I, I think it's just it's a, an element of potentially the human experience of there is only so much place. You know, as we said in an I think in a previous episode energy flows where focus goes. And so maybe the feminine has, they supposedly are better at multitasking, their mind can do it. But for me, in my more masculine mind of single focusness, if I'm focused on my business, I've looked back over the 20 years in business. Anytime I've been focused on a business problem, most other things in my life dissolve into the background. And it means that I prioritize secondary to the business problem solving, making sure my partner's happy, it means that I don't hang out with friends as much unless they reach out to me. I desperately want to hang out with friends more. Like I'm, it's not that I don't want to chat to them. And I see it not just in me. I think it's a trend of many business owners in my circle, you included, Pete, and others around over the years that generally, why do a lot of business people make most of their friends at business circles is because you have a business reason to converse, to converse and become friends and keep chatting. You're a way of it's a way of mixing friends and business together. It definitely is in my experience. It's efficient. <laughs> it's efficient. Like, hey, like we're having this 
conversation on on the podcast. This is great yeah. friend time for me, Pete. <laughs> and at the same time, we're doing something that's contributing, and it's you know we don't make money from this podcast, but like it's 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 a, we it's have a the give same back. addiction. It works for us exactly. It works perfectly. So. Uh, like when you said that like five fingers thing I, and you were like, just pick three. I was like, yes, it's so true. Cause I think you got one primary focus that you can put the majority of your attention. And then you've got these two secondary focuses and the other things, if they haven't become unconscious habits that are happening on autopilot, like when we drive a car, right? We can get in a car. We don't have to think about what we're doing. We can drive the car. If you've set up unconscious habits around your exercise, around your eating, around your body, then there's a higher chance that when you're focused on other things, those things have these subconscious patterns and programming that are keeping you mostly well-maintained. I would assume anyone who's got all five peering to go in a really good way, it means that they've got a bunch that are on maintenance mode, not on growth mode. Only one is probably Mm -hmm. properly on growth improvement mode. Two are on like a a bit more than maintenance. And then the others are just in like, whatever the base programming is, it's doing that base programming. I think it's so interesting. And I I heard this concept just a couple of weeks ago by Damien Bowler, his business is evolutionary relating. And in a workshop, he said that the masculine builds structures in the world and the feminine beautifies them. Mm -hmm. And, and I notice in, you know, building a business is, is very much a, a building structures mode. So whether it's a male or female bodied person building it, I think it's the, the, the business building side of things is a masculine expression. And from there, it's kind of like this, this duality of the masculine wanting to create structures and also desiring freedom. Mm. And so it's kind of like building structures to have freedom, but also building structures. And so, you know, is, the, is an entrepreneur ever free if they're, if they're constantly building structures? <laughs> it's an interesting thought to consider. They're free to build structures. It's interesting. It reminds me there of the definition. Depends really on your definition of freedom. A uh, good friend of mine, um, for a long time, we'd had these discussions about not wanting to buy a house. Because the idea of renting and stuff, like not, you know, not owning a home felt free. And mm. then he had a mindset coach do some voodoo on him and said, Well, if you can't buy a house, how free are you really? Ooh. And all of a sudden it just like was like his mind was shattered. He was like his whole <laughs> his whole construct of what it meant to be free got challenged collapsed <laughs> and and obviously now he has a very nice house. Um, so but like you know, this is the thing, like whatever you choose. So I'd say there are many people who are happily building structures, feeling very free. And there might be others where that doesn't fall into their definition of freedom. So they, you're right. It could feel like, well, how free are you really? If you, I mean, the argument there is if you need money to feel free, how free are you really? Like there's so much mm. that you could you could pull mm. apart definitions well, of freedom. Cohen Ker- Ray says all the time, and, and uh, I think this may be from Jocko Wilnick, that discipline equals freedom. And in a way, routine creates freedom. And I've certainly felt that in my life. When I have the routine of not doing meetings before 11 a.m., but then being very present and active and available to my team at that time, I never get 
emergency messages at eight o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning saying, oh my God, we got a problem that needs to be solved because my team know I'm not available. Therefore, I have the freedom to sleep in if I feel like it. I have the freedom to not use an alarm and that's how it works. When I have the discipline to work three fairly solid days, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and be hyper productive with my time, I probably work at a level that's a little bit harder than most would on those days energetically, but I've been studying high performance for many years and practicing high performance for many years. That discipline of putting my work on those three days allows me to have four-day weekends, freedom. So it's kind of like this, this dualistic expression of freedom also having containers <laughs> at, the, at the same time, which, which you know, seems you know, ironic. And yet, to me, I was reflecting on this today. My ultimate expression of my highest level of masculine is through creating structures in business. Hmm. Uh, there are many other ways that I express through the lover archetype and through the king archetype of you know being a being a lord and and you know building positive income you know income producing assets right and the magician of creating new ideas and connecting to vision. Uh, but really, for me, the the warrior energy of stepping into building a structure and stepping into piercing through the world and, and actually creating something, that's for me the highest expression of my masculinity mm. and creating structures. I'm an organizer and, the, and my archetype in the wealth dynamics is mechanic, right? So I'm all about creating systems, building the system, setting them up for, you know, for other people to run them. That works really well for me. And, I, and I, you know what? For a long time, I didn't really connect to that. I didn't really understand that that was my expression of masculinity. And interestingly, in the periods of time where I was disconnected from the energy of creation in my business and the energy of standing up and leading the business, it's not that I moved to a more feminine pole, but my, my masculine pole was diminished in a way because I, I would, and maybe I was just, you know, kind of accessing a different archetype. Maybe I was more in the lover archetype, right? And out of the warrior, but my God, it feels good to be in the warrior. Well, you've just dropped a lot of different archetypes and we've mentioned masculine and feminine. I think it could be good to probably add a little bit of context around these, what these different archetypes are. Mm. And then secondly, you've mentioned there, like there's been times when you're like, oh, you feel like you're maybe in a more feminine pole or at least maybe maybe the lover archetyped. So if there's an example of an action you were doing or not doing to maybe create that contrast, I think that could be helpful. It'll be helpful for me, but I think it'd be helpful for others. So I would say when I am uh, connected to the warrior spirit of myself in business, it's assertive action in leading my teams rather than taking a step back and allowing them to lead. And that for me really aligns to wartime and peacetime CEO. Yeah. And, and so that's there. Um, there'll be times where I'm receiving visions and receiving downloads about where this business can go and setting 10x goals about exciting places that we can take the business. That would be, for me, magician energy. When I'm working on tending to the contracts and agreements and terms of service and making sure that the finances are in order 
and the cash flow is happening and the systems and the processes are being followed, that's more of a king energy. And when I'm seducing a business owner to sell me their business, that's the lover energy that I'm accessing. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm spending time with a customer or spending time with a staff member and influencing them, of course, with the best intentions, influencing them in a certain area, that would be that archetype. And I mean, we talked about the the masculine pole. We didn't really talk much about the feminine pole. And I wanted to address that because I don't want to leave the blanket statement that um, building a business is, is inherently masculine. I think the the more feminine pole, and when I think of flow in a business, that would be the more the more feminine pole. And maybe that's the 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 peacetime CEO who's beautifying rather than building structures. And whether you're in a male body or female body, that that doesn't matter. It's more about the energy here. And I love what I learned from female-bodied business owners who are really stepping into their feminine energy in the way they lead their business. And I've some some friends in the spiritual crowd who will literally align their business to their monthly biological flows. And they will choose different tasks to do on different weeks. And if that isn't the most beautiful expression of the sacred feminine coming through in a business... There's still the structures, there's still the money, there's still the systems, right? Which is the, the mass stuff is, that is there, um, but that feminine energy coming in. And to me, when I want to embody some of that energy, I say to myself, okay, cool. Well, what day of the week am I more likely to be inspired to work on things creatively? Well, yeah. Mondays, they're the days when visions kind of drop in and I've had Friday off and I've had the weekend off and I'm starting to kind of think about the work week again and I just leave those days free and quite often I'll start to think about the kind of like big picture type thoughts. So it really works for me to leave Mondays free rather than jumping into the grind on a Monday. On a Wednesday, it's the middle of the week and it's usually the point in time where I want to like check in with my team and I want to really get into, you know, connecting to some structure. And so Wednesday is, you know, like a nice inflection point as well. It's in the middle of the week. That's when I'll do all my executive meetings. And that's about deadlines and tasks. So I'm talking about schedule and routine here. But what I'm really addressing is that's my flow. Mm. That's the natural rhythm of what works to Pete. And aligning that to the kind of work that I'm doing, oh, it's excellent. It just allows me to perform much better and feel very little, very rare levels of resistance to the kind of work that I'm doing. Yeah, I like that. And, and I think, you know, for the listener, if you're listening to this and you're going, okay, how do I apply this to my business? You know, mm. like I don't have the exact same way of thinking about it that Pete does, but the idea of taking a day and going, okay, what is the energy that I want to be in for that day? Because I think the mistake that it's very easy to make and it's by default, it happens in earlier business when you've got a bit more freedom to choose what tasks you do and don't do and what day you do them on, uh, that creates that space where you can decide, I'm not going to switch energies throughout the day. Because just mm. like switching you know, sides of the brain, uh, that's another way of thinking about these energies if you want to as well, about like, is it more logical or is it more creative? There's the same thing. Like, If you want to go on this day, I want to be more in the energy of peace, creativity, planning, thinking, 
or in this energy do I want to be on like meetings, uh, accountability, leadership, you know, all these different energies. And so if you want to, if, if you're in a, uh, you're, you're more interested in the masculine, do you, what's Dane's book where he talks about, and he lists out the different masculine energies, Pete, what's that, what's that book called? Oh my God, I don't know. But if you search for Dane Thomas and we will put the link to the book in the show notes. Yeah. So Dane Thomas on Kindle, you can download, you can, if you don't have a Kindle, you can read it on your computer. But yeah, he's got a great little book about masculine. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's the got, integrated, he just kind of covered. Is it, inter- no, it's not the integrated man. I think it is. Man, I think it's it? the integrated man. Yeah, I think okay. that's it. The integrated man. Um, it's great. So whether you're you're in a female body or a male body, like, and you want to learn more about these masculine energies we've talked about, that's a really great book that just kind of quickly summarizes a little about what they are. And Dane, who's a friend of both Pete's and mine, he shares his own experience of activities he did to build those different energies. So it's it's useful. There are other books out there that talk about these things, but that's the one that was most helpful for me. And so just think about your week and go, okay, what energies do I want to be in? And how can I align my meetings, my activities? Like for me, I, similar to Pete, I, I take Mondays and Fridays off. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are the days that the team know they can get me. Um, they're the days that I'm in Slack and checking things are the days that I'll schedule meetings for. If I'm going to have a meeting on Monday or Friday, it's either because it's something that's a bit more like special projects and I'm interested in it, or it's something that's outside of automation agency and more maybe investments or something else that I'm doing uh, otherwise, all my meetings fall on mostly Wednesdays and Thursdays, and then Tuesdays a little bit more open. So, just really start to take control of your diary and, and think about those energies. I think it's a great takeaway that anyone could take from this. And if you want to dive into the whole masculine and feminine stuff, be warned, it can be a bit of a mindfuck, but it is fascinating. It's definitely fascinating. I love it. <laughs> I think we'll do uh, some more episodes in the future covering some more on archetypes. I mean, if you're interested in this, please drop us a message on the socials uh, or you can connect with us directly uh, via the website. Speaking of the website, if you head along to rising.show, you can catch all of our back episodes uh, for everything that we've recorded. Catch the show notes for this show uh, with the links to the things, uh, the books and the resources that we uh, recommended. And we would love to have your review. If you would be so kind as to leave a review for us, on your podcasting platform of choice. Uh, We would really love that. Carl, thank you so much for co-hosting with me, man. I always love spending time with you. So much fun. Great to be here. Be good. To the listener, have a good one, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye.